This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is Dustin Gold right here with the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain. Dot TV, and I think we had a great show yesterday. The introduction into AI Foundation and its founder, Lars Butler. And yesterday, I demonstrated to you that I had personal communications and was pretty close to not only a business transaction with AI Foundation back in 2018, but I actually almost owned stock in the company. <laughs> I didn't even realize that happened, guys. I, I swear, I pulled up the emails to prep for the show a couple of days ago. And I said to myself, you know, I just want to go through these emails with the audience in a very transparent manner. And so I didn't fully read into the emails, and I actually did not realize that... um I was offered stock in AI Foundation. Shame on me. I guess I should have taken that. No, I don't know. I'm glad that I did not. Um, Throughout my life, I have dodged several bullets uh, where I was very close in my political and journalism work as well as through my entertainment work, as you could see with what almost happened with AI Foundation, where I was about to get involved with some very bad people and thankfully i did not because it was not until later in life when i started to really investigate the technocracy that i realized i was in a very very dangerous playground with some very dangerous people and i do not want to be connected to them so tonight as promised we are going to be delving deep into ai foundation and its founder lars butler I have a lot of research, and frankly, up until this point, I'm still trying to decide how I want to present it to you, and it may seem like I am going all over the place with this, but trust me, it is worth it, because what is happening in this real-time investigation 
in this research project to develop my thesis on what I believe the technocrats are building and why they are building it and what they hope to get out of it in the future is very important. And a lot of times we're going to see these dots connect the players behind the scenes, the investors, the money men, um, the government entities all start to come together. And so you're going to see people involved with things such as Elon Musk's Neuralink brain chip and with Peter Thiel's InQtel CIA-funded Palantir um, all sort of mesh together. Eventually, Bill Gates will come into this discussion. We brought in Ray Kurzweil. We brought in Dennis Bushnell from NASA. And you're going to see that these technocrats are all working on a shared goal, a shared vision, although it may seem on the surface like a bunch of entrepreneurs, a bunch of serial entrepreneurs and investors and philanthropists that are just running around talking about the environment, talking about climate change, talking about population reduction, and they're just all working on these fancy technologies to make your life better. For you to wear a smartwatch, which I do not wear, but for you to wear a smartwatch to monitor your heart rate, to help you exercise, and it's, it's not... This is not some organic um, collection of disjointed and decentralized companies and organizations and think tanks. They are working together and they are getting their marching orders out of the major think tanks or these puppet organizations posing as think tanks like the World Economic Forum, like uh, Bilderberg, like the Council on Foreign Relations, like the Trilateral Commission, uh, Club of Rome and such. They have to be because they're all working towards a common goal. And the part that Lars Butler plays in this, and he's a very, very interesting character. You will see shortly that he sort of began his... Uh, you know, public-facing career in the video game world uh, and then eventually move through a variety of cybersecurity, government-related contracts, nuclear energy deals, metaverse development um, through now his Artificial Intelligence Foundation and along the way, has built a portfolio of allies, including high-level NSA and government intelligence officials. And people like Peter Thiel, from Founders Fund, from Palantir, started with InQtel Money. So today I'm going to have to sort of work backwards, and you will see me pull in uh, more information on InQtel because there were people at pain.tv slash gold and on Twitter and other places who have reached out to me uh, asking for more information on InQtel. Now, let me tell you, InQtel, you can look it up. It's got a website. They don't hide what they do. 
They've made investments in something like 500 companies in the United States since its founding 20 years ago. And they uh, have certain companies that they've invested in that are not disclosed. But it's not a secret. It's funded by the CIA. Money comes out of the FBI and NSA. I will show you that shortly. This is all public, uh, publicly sourced information. But I have to show you these connections to InQtel and delve a little deeper into what InQtel has been doing because AI Foundation, when they went forward with their public launch, and you saw a little bit about that in my personal emails with Rob Mallory of AI Foundation when he talked about their first round of funding, and then they would have more money to spend on the development of the project and the training of the Mind Twin system as they moved into round two funding. But you will see back in 2017, it was actually Peter Thiel and the Founders Fund who led the first round of funding. And Peter Thiel and Founders Fund controlled Palantir, which was started within QTEL CIA money, and Palantir is working on a major contract with the IRS, as well as with our defense departments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Palantir is just a government front company. And I will reiterate once again here, this is credited to Legal Man, who's been a guest on the Thomas Paine podcast and on the Dustin Gold Standard. He has a podcast. You should check it out on Apple Podcasts. I believe it's everywhere podcasts are streamed. And that is called The Quash, Q-U-A-S-H. And he also has a Patreon with behind-the-scenes content, uh, also called The Quash. And Legal Man has said that people need to stop believing that the government is incompetent. The government is the most competent entity on Earth. It's ever-expanding. It controls the money supply. It has a monopoly on violence and force. The government can shut down any company. The government can seize anyone's assets. The government can kill you. The government can take everything you have. The government can tax you. The government can tell you to get a vaccine. The government can put a mask on your face. These are governments all across the world that now all work together under effectively what people have been calling for many, many decades, the New World Order, One World Government, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's in place. Governments all cooperate. They may quarrel a little bit uh, over little power struggles. But in the end, the majority of them are part of the World Economic Forum, United Nations, CFR, the Trilateral Commission, et cetera, et cetera. So don't ever be fooled into believing that the government is incompetent. The government is incompetent in the sense of the parts of the government that we Mere humans, we plebeians, we peasants are allowed to interact with. And that is done intentionally. That would be the Department of Motor Vehicle, you know, our local police department, our town councils, dealing with the uh, post office, passport offices. Yes, they're all very incompetent. And so that is intentional. But overall, government is constantly growing, constantly expanding. They can levy taxes. They can take anything away from you by force. If they consider you to be an enemy, they can destroy you in court. And if you think you ever have a chance against the government in court, you are going to court in front of a judge who is paid by and works for the government. 
you are defending yourself against a prosecutor who is paid for and funded by the government. You have a lawyer who is either a public defender paid for and hired by the government or an attorney who has to be licensed by the government to operate. And you're going in front of a jury of your peers. Oh, yes, a jury of your peers who are forced to be there at gunpoint by the government and are paid a daily stipend to be there by the government. And all this is taking place inside of the courthouse, which is a government building. So if you ever think you can go up against the government, if the government wants to destroy you, they will destroy you. And so when we get into this information and it says Palantir and NQTEL and the CIA and all these guys are working hard, they're investing in all these companies with our tax dollars where we get no ownership in this stock, do we, as individual taxpayers? But that they are working to protect us from terrorism. Folks, the biggest terrorism that you need to worry about in the United States government I mean, in the United States of America is the United States government. If you haven't learned that over the last two years, I don't know why you're listening to this show. But so we are going to get into Butler, and we're going to review the connections uh, to Peter Thiel and NQTEL. And then we're going to get into Butler's resume, which you're going to say to yourself, why... And how did this man end up in the position that he's in with the power and the influence that he has? Why is he coming out of video gaming, now running Artificial Intelligence Foundation, which is focused on creating the mind-twinning software, which is the uploading of one's human consciousness to a cloud to then be able to create digital projections, whether through a deepfake video synthetic CGI puppet of that person, or eventually being able to download that consciousness into a non-biological nanobot Iron Man robot suit, another biological human body, or a teaspoon, or a baseball bat, or a tire iron or whatever else you want to beam your consciousness into on any given day of the week. And you'll say, well, how did he end up in this position? How did he end up this powerful? And I'm going to show you some pretty crazy stuff that he's involved with just to illustrate to you how powerful and knowledgeable and influential this man is. And then we will get into how far along his mind-twinning program has gotten since 2018 when his company reached out to me and my entertainment company to help them train their mind-twin program through a software called MindQuest, in which they were going to utilize one of my comedic voice actors to help train their Obama mind-twin. Let me be clear. Here's the deal. That's my mind-twin. Uh, listen up, folks. Uh, here's the deal. Let me be clear. And so, this is going to get quite interesting. We are walking down a path that is quite dangerous, honestly. And we are delving into a sea of complete and total madmen 
But these are the psychopathic, narcissistic technocrats that have power over you and me and who control our children and grandchildren's future. That is the truth. These guys are powerful. They are way ahead of us. And they are moving towards the extermination of humanity and getting us on board with replacing ourselves with artificial intelligence and robots. And they are not messing around. They want us gone and out of the way, and all of the technology they're working on proves that that is the case. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. I'll be right back, right here on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, folks. Last night, um, last night I was at my first birthing class with my wife, and we are doing something called the Bradley Method. It's a ten-week, two to three-hour-a-week class, and the woman who teaches it is also our doula. She uh, is the woman we hired as a doula for my wife, so she'll be helping my wife through the entire home birth process along with the midwife team that we hired several months ago and so last night was quite interesting it was uh seven couples they keep these groups really small but the bradley method is uh it's not a class just for home birthers it's for people generally interested in natural birth so women that want to give vaginal birth and do it without uh, drugs and without um, without uh, painkillers and such. So it was an interesting class. It was strange. There were there was a couple there with masks on, which was awkward. But of course, they're doing their birth at a hospital. We're going to be doing it uh, home birth. And so anyway, this woman, this doula who teaches this class, very nice woman. She is going to uh, come on as a guest. Um, I pitched her the idea, and she was interested. She will be a really good guest because she knows a lot uh, about hospitals and all of the different regulations and rules and things that they put into place when you're giving birth at a hospital or a birth center uh, that don't really align with what birth should be all about. So she knows a lot about those regulations. And she also knows a lot about homeschooling regulations as she has three children and she homeschools all of them. And so some of the information I picked up from her uh, has been updated from one of my homeschool experts, Maria Albanese, who appears on the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays. Maria advised me in homeschooling uh, starting several years back. And Maria did it, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So this woman has a lot of new information. So I think it'll be a great podcast. It'll be a break from the technocracy, although it does have to do with the technocracy because she knows all about the regulations in homeschooling and in births and birthing and hospitals that affect our ability to operate the way we want to in line with natural life 
So, without further ado, I'm going to just jump right into Lars Butler because we have a lot to cover here, and this is probably going to take a few shows. Uh, Not as long as Elon Musk because... um, I need to just show you the technology uh, of mind twinning and where these people are at with it now. And then I need to move on to Peter Thiel to sort of wrap up this first 20 episodes, which will be the beginning foundation of the Marvel supervillains that are behind the development of what I believe is going to be the real life matrix. And eventually, I will get into, I know there's other podcasters and people that talk about, you know, uh, nanobots and such. And we touched on that with Ray Kurzweil. We showed him literally talking about putting nanobots in our bloodstreams. And there's a lot of people that, um, that have different theses on this topic. And so I'm going to show you mine. I'm building out mine because I think you need to know where they are going with this but first let's just watch this quick video with lars butler he is the founder of ai foundation you'll be able to create your own personal ai extension it will look sound and think like you learn everything about you and stay in sync through dynamic mapping that happens through ongoing conversations Okay, and for those of you who are not watching the video version at pain.tv slash gold, I just played a 20-second clip here, you heard it, of Lars Butler, who is the CEO and founder of AI Foundation. But that was not Lars Butler. That was a deepfake CGI rendition of Lars Butler in a more simplified version of the video that I shared at the end of yesterday's podcast with the soulmates, which AI Foundation is working with to build realistic, real-life CGI humans, digital humans, they call them. The digital humans with souls. Yes, they have souls. The digital humans have souls, but the real humans do not have souls, says Yuval Noah Harari of the Force Industrial Reich. And so this was a CGI projection of Lars Butler. So what I want to do now is I'm just going to show you quickly. This is Lars Butler's Twitter page. For those of you not watching the video version, it says right here, Lars Butler, investor, philanthropist, humanist. Humanist. And I laugh at that. I laugh, I laugh, I laugh because Lars Butler is anything but a humanist. These people that are operating within this technocracy, these masters of the universe that are trying to hijack natural life, are trying to hijack everything from humanity down to the last blade of grass and put it under their control by uploading a software into every breathing living thing on the planet are anything but humanists they are anti-humanists 
some may call them transhumanists, but transhumanism is just the bridge term. It's the soft blow to anti-humanist, which is what? A purveyor of genocide. And as I've said before, this is technocratic genocide. As Ray Kurzweil puts it, as Dennis Bushnell puts it, we are in the human evolution of humans. When humans hijack their own natural evolution, take control of it, and try to engineer it, both through social engineering and biological engineering. And so these people are anti-humanity. Anyone who wants to take humans' minds, their thoughts, upload them into a cloud, and then beam them down into robotic, non-biological Iron Man suits is anything but a humanist. So what we are going to do is we are going to watch this video, which I found from 2012. It was done by Bloomberg, an interview with Lars Butler. And the reason why we need to watch this is because I want you to see what Lars Butler was back in 2012. I have an hour-long speech by Lars Butler around the same time, which we will do as an entire show. But that is going to be very painstaking because he's kind of boring. In the beginning, you will see he is like a James Bond villain type character he fits right in with henry kissinger henry kissinger he was on tv when i was a child and then my name is henry kissinger i work for president richard nixon i wrote the depopulation agenda in the 1970s i mean he's like jabba the hutt and henry kissinger george soros what did george soros say in his interview with Steve Croft on 60 Minutes many years ago, when Croft said, well, George, do you feel guilty that when you were 14 years old, you were a Jew in Nazi Germany, that you had to help point out other Jews to the Nazis? And he said, well, if I didn't do it, someone else would have. That's like Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Do you uh, feel bad? Do you regret having to eat that Filipino boy's uh, genitals that you cut off and put in your freezer? Well, if I didn't do it, somebody else would have. You know, that's who we're dealing with. But this guy's character, his demeanor, his voice fits right in line with Henry Kissinger, George Soros, Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, and the rest of these weirdos. You know, I mean, these are the people that are our enemies. And you say to yourself, well, how many of these guys stem from Operation Paperclip, which was a program that the United States government ran after World War II, where we imported over 1,500 Nazi scientists and engineers to work on military, intelligence, torture, mind control programs for us, in various government agencies. How many of these guys stem from that? How many of these guys grew out of that? I don't know. But we're going to investigate that in future episodes because it's very important. But I'm going to show you this interview with Lars Butler. 
And then we, because I, I want you to see video before I get into his bio and before we start to delve into AI Foundation and the work that they are currently doing. I think you need to get a feeling for his character, his persona, and then we start getting into his background and his connections. So you could see what kind of man that they installed as a puppet leader of developing this AI artificial intelligence community and specifically focusing on the development of the actual mind-twinning software of which I believe will be connected to something like Elon Musk Neuralink that being the device that pulls the memories out of your head and then transmits them to the cloud via the Bluetooth-enabled chip in the back of your skull. But it has to go up to a software that then processes that data and creates this AI digital mind twin of yourself or of these people that are building it. We don't know yet how this is going to work, who's going to have access to it who it's going to benefit, but I'm sure as hell convinced it's not us. I know they don't love me. I know Lars Butler does not love me. So there's going to be a software that has to build these mind twins, and that is what Butler is working on. And then eventually, I believe, all of the twins, all of the knowledge, the thoughts sucked out of each of our respective heads will be combined into a massive AI hive mind um sort of super brain in which Yuval Noah Harari sort of discusses where he says that uh, those who have control of the data will be the masters of the universe and that data is the gold. Data is the gold today. It is the most valuable asset, not property, data. And Ray Kurzweil, we investigated him in the first couple of episodes where he talks about beaming this AI hive mind down into your neocortex so you have a third layer of your brain that has access to all this super knowledge, which you know they are not giving us, right? They are not giving us (laughs) access to the super knowledge. We are the slave class. We are the peasants. We are the plebeians. So we're going to watch this bloomberg video i'm going to break it down for you and then we're going to get into the bio the resume of lars butler and i will show you his connections to the nsa to the cyber world to cia through intelligence and then we will review believe it or not a paper he wrote oh not about artificial intelligence in as far as the mind twinning but a detailed paper he wrote on why we need to be the leaders in artificial intelligence super weapons. And this is the man who wants to help you create a mind twin digital human of yourself. And folks, why? Because he loves you. Lars Butler loves you. I love you all so much. Folks, I'm going to take a quick break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold.
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Folks, this is Dustin Gold back right here on Pain.tv, and we are about to enter the mind of a madman. Let's climb inside the head of one of the technocrats' most important engineers, one of the people who has actually stayed off the public radar. You'll see why. He's not a very cute gentleman. He doesn't really blend in. He's not so hip and so cool. He actually looks and talks like a James Bond villain. And so let's review this 2012 video interview from Bloomberg with AI Foundation's founder, Lars Butler. At this time, he was just a measly little video game CEO. But you're going to see why this is important. Try to think about the metaverse and what the metaverse is while you're watching this, and you will see the foundations of the metaverse being laid out 10 years earlier through Lars Butler. Together, right? Mergers and acquisitions, peanut butter and jelly, but now video games and television. My next guest is putting the two together and is also revolutionizing the game industry in the process. Here for our CEO sit-down is Lars Butler of Tryon Worlds. Lars, good to have you with us on Bloomberg. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. When you Thank you. Thank you for having me, folks. Uh, I just want you to, uh, if you're in the audio-only audience, just Google him, Lars Butler. B-U-T-T-L-E-R, so two Ts. Uh, You'll see stuff pop up, Lars Butler, Ph.D., uh, Lars Butler, AI Foundation, Lars Butler, Cybersecurity. That's all the same guy. He has a shaved head, a shiny, big shaved head. He looks, seriously, you can't miss him. He looks like a James Bond villain. He looks like some Marvel supervillain. So let's hear from Lars Butler. Thank you. Thank you very much. Talk about online gaming. Mm -hmm. What exactly is that? Because you're sitting in front of a screen, you're on a computer or a mobile device, but it's online. Yeah. Well, there are many forms of online gaming today. There are social casual games on Facebook, or there are high-quality games that rival video games, but they are server-based. So you can actually play with many, many friends. You can play with hundreds of thousands of people in worlds that evolve, that change all the time. Okay, pause for a second. So, 10 years ago, you have to look at this in context. This is the beginning of the transition from video games uh, as we knew them or as I knew them as a child from playing an Atari game, playing Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo to actual interactive games where you can play with other people on your computer and so you can play with someone in china play with someone down the street but all from the comfort of your bedroom and then as he mentioned 
these ever-changing worlds, that's the beginning of what we call second lives or immersive games. Um, Some of you, if you have children, grandchildren, you may be familiar with Minecraft or Roblox. These are immersive games, very dangerous. They are basically the test pilots for the coming metaverse. In fact, they are um, micro-metaverses themselves. They are immersive worlds in which Children go inside, there are no levels, there is no winning, and they live inside what is called the second life. This being their first life in the natural world, the second life being inside of the digital metaverse. And meta is not just what Mark Zuckerberg is doing with Facebook, that is only part of it. They've all, we will do a whole show on this, I promise, because I do understand the technology. But Overall, what they're saying, they're also calling this uh, Web 3.0. So with uh, the Internet, we've gone through Web 1, Web 2.0. Now it'll be Web 3.0. And the ultimate goal is that everything on the Web will be connected. You will be provided with one universal sort of username and password, one universal identity. It plays into what I talked about yesterday with Elon Musk and... um, and these guys that, that he's working with that want to uh, identify humans through biometrics. And so everywhere you go and to the Internet, on your phone, on your apps, you'll be logging into your second life, which will be the Internet and everything that interacts with the Internet. And that itself is the metaverse that you are going to be living in. So you can say, I'm not going to put on a augmented reality or a virtual reality headset and go play you know, virtual golf. Therefore, I'm not going into the metaverse. No, you will be in the metaverse every time you're on your phone, your tablet, your computer, on an app, uh, listening to serious radio or whatever you will be in the metaverse everything digital will be considered your second life and this back there 10 years ago and who else was involved in video games we haven't gotten into this on the show but steve bannon was heavily involved with this same exact type of stuff and one day we may bring him into this because steve bannon plays a major part in where we are Today, think about a second life, a second universe being the metaverse. Well, Steve Bannon, he was actually the president of what was called Biosphere 2. When I was a kid, they took a group of scientists and basically put them inside a bubble and, pl- and built this sort of second universe that they lived in. And there's all kinds of stories that go back to what he was doing at the same time he was invested in crypto technologies and uh, video games. So... It all starts to come together with what these madmen, these Frankenstein scientists have been doing. Let's get back to Butler. And as I said, I will expand on the metaverse and the concepts behind the metaverse in future episodes. Right, so if you can play online with them, that means these games have to be hosted somewhere, right? I mean, somewhere this has to live and you're interconnecting with them. Is that something that is going to just continue to grow? Truly. Yes, correct. They are hosted, and it actually means that it is very hard to pirate those games. Uh, they are also life. They evolve. They rival, uh, you know, living worlds. And so... See, there you go, right? So the, the technology behind them is they're hosted, 
on servers. Now it would be servers, multiple servers in the cloud. It's just a collection of servers. Um, and so what he's saying is that these worlds sometimes rival life themselves. Now, these immersive worlds, these uh, sort of uh, you know first-player shooter games and such are very similar. In fact, they're the same thing that the military uses to train warriors and killers and so when you hear about school shooters and we can get into all those theories in future episodes as well uh, i don't generally talk about that kind of stuff because it's very hard to prove uh, what occurred but many of these people end up you find out they're on uh, pharmaceuticals uh, they play a lot of these uh, shooter video games and so like he said these worlds rival real life same as what happens with people with pornography addictions is you end up going down a rabbit hole from your real life, your real sex life, into crazier and crazier and more hardcore stuff until eventually you want to act out those things in real life uh, or you're bored of regular sex and so now you're fully addicted to pornography. It is the same thing. So they're training you inside these second worlds. And the objective uh, and I can prove this through uh, stuff that I've read uh, and researched, is that the idea when they try to push us all into this metaverse second life is that they have to make life so miserable here in the natural world that you will gladly put on a VR headset, an AR headset, or put the Neuralink brain chip in your head so that you can access your second life so that you can go into this digital immersive world where you will have your mansion and your Lamborghini and whatever hot wife or husband that you created in some simulation because your normal life, your natural life, your real world life will be so miserable and that will be done through Klaus Schwab and these types that are saying you will own nothing and you will be happy about it. You will be happy because you'll be living inside of the metaverse while you're suffering in the real world inside of your 400-square-foot pod cubicle, your freight container, your prison cell. Your home will be your prison. Your escape will be the Neuralink. Your escape will be living through your mind twin inside of the metaverse, inside of the matrix. It will be almost exactly like the movie the matrix i'm not kidding you if you break down the technology that these people have and that they're developing and you listen to their words and you understand what they're talking about they are describing the movie the matrix now do i think they made the movie the matrix these guys got together at a cocktail party watched it and said that would be a great idea let's build it no no i think they made the movie the matrix to tell us us mere little plebeians peasants what they were going to do and like with everything else they do they tell us and give us a chance to resist and reject and revolt against it and if we don't then their karma and their weird religion allows them to move forward uh, with their karma intact and with their conscience clear and clean. Let's continue with this. Well, um, this is actually one of the fastest growing segments of the games industry. And they are markets like Korea or China where, where you can see what a massive potential these online premium games already have. Now, what 
Right. So massive markets like China. China was already developing the social score system, already developing their Skynet prison planet before us. In fact, we can do this in a future episode. We can show clear connections between Henry Kissinger's involvement with China during the Nixon administration that basically deals were made with China to use China as the test pilot for the prison planet technologies, the police state that has been brought over here and you will see unfold more and more as the years go on and so he's talking about right there that it's a huge market huge potential in china china their lives were more miserable than ours of course they escaped to video games ask yourself what kind of people you know in real life who are addicted to video games well they use video games the same way people abuse alcohol and drugs and such to escape their regular real natural life because it's boring it's miserable they're depressed and so this takes the video games a step further and pushes them into a full-blown immersive world in which they live through in this video game through the character they're playing as the customized avatar that they are you see it on twitter you see it In other places, you know, people can go on Twitter and talk shit to you without any repercussions because they're cornball 66, 55, 69, 12. And they think they can say anything. Well, they're living through their metaverse, their mind twin, their second person. This has all been planned, all been orchestrated. And that is what we are seeing now. And that is what Lars Butler is talking about right here. Back 10 years ago, was on television on Bloomberg promoting the Second Life video games. More to come when I come back. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I'll be delving into the metaverse during this break. I'll see you back here at Payne.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv. Slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. I'm glad you're here with me, Dustin Gold, right here in your second life to escape your boring reality and learn about the tenets of the metaverse ladies and gentlemen we are reviewing a 2012 bloomberg interview with one of the technocrats most dangerous madmen and i say that even though he is not a household name because i already know who he's connected to and how much power and influence lars butler wields in the technocratic world And so we are going to get into that over the next couple of episodes. I want to continue with this interview where Lars Butler in 2012 is talking about video games, Second Life video games, and the market potential that he sees for his company, Tryon Worlds. 
kind of price points do these games have? Because it seems as though if you're doing something online, there might be a meter running somewhere. Well, they are very different models. They are games that are advertising supported, just like television. They are games that are so-called microtransaction supported. It means you play for free, but you buy certain things in the game. Virtual things. Virtual things. You know, you buy a sword, you buy a car, you buy any, anything that makes you feel better or stronger. And then there are Pause, 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 pause. Okay. Did you hear what he just said? So you can have an ad-supported model as, you know, with this podcast that goes out free on Apple Podcasts and other places, and then there's ads inserted in the podcast, and that allows me... Now, I haven't seen anything yet, but that should allow me to make a little bit of money to compensate me for my time that it takes to research these shows, record them, and then edit them. Or, as he said, you can have free games where people buy digital items within this second world video game, this second life. And on the screen, it actually says that Tryon Worlds was founded in 2006. So we're going back 16 years. This interview is from 2012, 10 years ago. And they already raised $100 million at that point. They're going to talk about that. But why that's important is because the metaverse concept, once we get to the point of the metaverse being that you immerse yourself within your second life, and probably not you, but your children and grandchildren, and live inside of this metaverse, is that you will buy things within the metaverse. And let me just explain from the perspective of Minecraft. Minecraft. Some of you may have heard of this. But Minecraft is this Second Life world. It looks pixelated. It looks like a video game on Atari from back in like 1983. But you go inside Minecraft and you build out your own world. You can build homes and buildings and farmland and holes in the ground and ponds and cars and dinosaurs and whatever you want. It's a Lego world. And so you can buy kits and you can buy tools and you can buy weapons and you can buy food. And this was going back five, six, seven, eight years ago before the next phase of the metaverse we're seeing, which operates on NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens. And I don't want to get into so many terms with you. I try to keep this show broken down to layman's terms so you can understand it. So let me just say like an NFT, okay, there could be an artist who creates a digital piece of artwork. Let's say, I don't know, Lady Gaga. She creates some digital piece of artwork. And then that piece of artwork goes up for sale at an NFT auction. That piece of art would be referred to as an NFT. And that NFT is then coded so that it has a set of rules, a contract that goes along with it. So let's say in real life, Lady Gaga paints a painting and she puts it up in a gallery in New York City and she wants a million dollars for that painting and she sells that painting to me for a million dollars. I then take that painting and I'm hanging it up in my house 
or my office or wherever I want to display it. I, I let a museum borrow it. Well, in the metaverse, if I bought Lady Gaga's art, I could do the same thing. I can display that art inside my metaverse home, inside my metaverse mansion, my metaverse museum. I can lend it to other metaverse properties and actually be paid to put that piece of artwork on display inside this virtual reality world. At the same time, in real life, I could pull up that NFT on my cryptocurrency wallet and I can show it to people. I own this one-of-a-kind Lady Gaga digital piece of art. Now, there will be copies and screenshots and such of that digital piece of art. Just like if Lady Gaga painted the painting in real life, she could take a photograph of it. A photograph of the Mona Lisa is in books. You can buy postcards. You could buy prints. But there is only one Mona Lisa, right? And so it's the same thing, except... With the NFTs, because it's connected to a blockchain contract, you can set rules. For instance, every time that painting sells in the future, so let's say in real life, I sold my Mona Lisa, that I, or my Lady Gaga painting, that I bought for $1 million. Let's say I sold it to Mike for $1.2 million. Then a few years later, Mike sold it to Maria for $1.5 million. Maria lends it out to a gallery for $100,000 a month to display it because the gallery is going to sell $100 tickets to come look at Lady Gaga's piece of art, her painting. Well, in the metaverse world, that's all tracked through this blockchain. So Lady Gaga could set in the contract, and you would know this, it'd be transparent before you bought it, that every time, let's say, it sells, Lady Gaga is going to get a 10% royalty. And let's say every time it sells, there was an agent, let's say, that represented her or held the auction for the first sale, and they're going to get a 5% royalty. So now let's say in the metaverse, I buy for $1 million Lady Gaga's painting, and then I sell it to Mike a year later for $1.2 million. Well, Lady Gaga's going to get $120,000, which is 10% of that sale, and her agent's going to get $60,000, which is 5% of that sale, right? So now Mike, okay, so I'm getting the $1.2 million less the 180000 that I have to pay in those royalties to them. Then when Mike goes and sells it for $1.5 to Maria, there's also going to be 150000 and 75000 10% and 5% respectively taking out. And then Maria goes and she rents it for 100000 a month. And in that contract, let's say there's a clause that says, Lady Gaga is getting 5% every time you rent it out and the agent's getting 2.5%. So see, in this metaverse world, the NFTs, these non-fungible tokens, and it's way more advanced than this. So if you're a crypto expert, NFT expert, don't sit here and say, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm just explaining it for people that have no idea how this works. And I'm bringing it back to what Lars Butler is talking about. Because in this metaverse world, and in the beginning test pilot stages, which are the video games, the immersive 
Second Life video games Butler's talking about. You're buying weapons, you're buying uh, whatever, swords, knives, guns in the video game. You can buy armor. You could buy uh, logos that you could put on your armor, on your t-shirts or whatever inside the game. Well, within Minecraft, you could do similar things. Like you could buy a kit to build a dinosaur. You could buy a kit to build a castle. You could buy a better engine for your Lamborghini. It becomes a world where people are developing useless stuff non-real world things and selling them inside the video game the only difference is in the future metaverse it's all done through these nfts they're one of a kind they can do a series and so it's a whole like think of real life going to the grocery store but it's inside this metaverse and that's what butler was setting up there talking about this 10 years ago this was actually the same type of business bannon steve bannon Donald Trump's chief strategist was involved with when he was in the video game industry. So they were developing the foundation for what would later become the metaverse transactions that we are now seeing happening in the metaverse, but in our real life. Because the metaverse, to me, I, it, right, it's just a video game. It's an immersive video game. So in real life, there are people addicted to this immersive video game, this second life world, that are going inside and actually spending real money, let's say money they earned at work, or their stimulus check, or a welfare check, and they're actually buying things inside the metaverse. But as I explained to you, and we will get into this on a show, Bill Gates has a patent on a software that is going to distribute tokens, which is just crypto money, which are just as fake as U.S. fiat currency monopoly money dollars, to you inside the metaverse when you complete certain tasks, and then you can utilize those digital coins inside the metaverse to buy things like we just talked about. You can buy a better weapon. You can buy a better car. And the objective behind that is that in the real world, they will have some type of Neuralink brain chip or whatever hooked up to your head. And as you are completing tasks or doing things inside of the metaverse, that brain activity will generate energy that will, like a windmill or like a solar panel, that will generate energy, and that energy will basically go on to the grid, and that energy will be used to power this AI hive mind, Elon Musk, Starlink-connected digital world that they're creating. It sounds nuts, but this is actually real. And so that it's just like the movie The Matrix. So humans become the battery, the energy, to power the AI metaverse that we're going to live in and that your brain power by completing tasks will be used to create the electricity and the energy to power the whole digital universe, the matrix. And you will be rewarded with tokens that you can use to buy things. And the model for this stemmed out of Lars Butler's Tryon Worlds and Steve Bannon's company 10 years ago. Again, these guys are always building the pilot programs. So what Butler is talking about there was probably something created 20 years earlier by the government, by DARPA or something like that. 
and then Butler was put out there, Steve Bannon was put out there to normalize it, to humanize it, to make it cool, to make it hip, to get it out there into the lexicon so that people would start to adopt it. And once people in mass started to adopt that technology, they were primed for what they were going to unroll and unveil in the next decade, which we're now seeing. And who did they use to put the term metaverse into uh, household you know, table discussions was Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. A lot of people never heard of the metaverse until six months ago when Mark Zuckerberg said they were rebranding Facebook as meta. Okay, that stuff's crazy. Take a break from the metaverse. Get a cup of water. Drink a coffee or a tea. Have a cigarette or whatever you need to do because when we come back, this is only going to get crazier. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I am just climbing out of the depths of hell where we just came from. I am sorry, folks, but I have to explain this stuff. Sometimes I listen to a lot of other shows and programs, and I say, God, I feel so bad for that audience because... The person who's doing such a fantastic job of explaining the technology, the engineering, you know, the the biology that goes behind whatever the topic they're trying to uh, dissect and break down, but not everyone knows about this. And so with this show, I I wanted to take a look at everything at a 40,000-foot view and try to explain it to people that don't understand it all. And hopefully my goal eventually is to reach a younger audience I'm 41, so I'm sort of right in the middle of what the young kids would call boomers. You're a boomer, Dustin. You're a boomer because you have some salt and pepper hair. Uh, they don't even know what boomers are anymore, but everything older than is, them is a boomer. Uh, and then the young kids. So hopefully I'm going to be able to reach younger kids because they're the ones we have to warn about this technology and about these people like Elon Musk and Lars Butler and uh, show them these crazies like Ray Kurzweil and where these ideas initially came from. Uh, Otherwise, we have no chance of waking anyone up. In the end, it is going to be our kids' decision where they want to live and if they want to live inside this metaverse or try to save the natural world from these technocratic overlords. Unfortunately, as Yuval Noah Harari has explained, they can control your mind. We can do whatever we want. We can make you look and feel and see what we want. We can manipulate you. And so that's what they're doing. They're manipulating people into this. And as I've said, they're going to try to make your life as miserable as possible in this natural world until you gladly strap the Neuralink chip on top of your head until you literally take out your uh, pickaxe and smash your own skull and put it in. Get me out of here. Get me out of this natural world. I don't want to eat crickets anymore. And it's just like the Matrix. It's in parallel to the Matrix where they talk 
about feeding you crickets in the matrix they ate this mush on the ebuchadnezzar and life was horrible but going inside the matrix which they're trying to defeat but inside you can eat steak and you could have sex with beautiful women everything is so perfect and glorified inside of the matrix but in real world it's horrible and you live on a rusty old ship and drink wine that tastes like gasoline Well, heck, I could drink wine that tastes like gasoline right here in the United States if I want to. All right, let's continue with this video. Also subscription models or pay for playtime. And you've got some big investors backing you right now. Tell us about those and what have they put in, about $100 million so far? Yeah, we have announced about $100 million. We have raised a little more than that. Um, Our investors include three of the world's top five media companies, Time Warner, NBC Universal, and Bertelsmann, Europe's biggest media company. Now, do you see, even back then, in 2012, Lars Butler, in Tryon Worlds, had three of the top five media companies in the world on board with him. So this guy is not a small-time player. And these type of companies did not just throw around money at anyone. So back then, when he was building this, he already had these media conglomerates behind him. So it's not a game, really. This is serious business. Well, it's, it's, it's fun, and it is serious business. It's fun, and it is serious business. He's sitting there smiling, this egg-headed villain. Now, what is the next step for a company like Tryon? What are, you, what are your goals? Well, we are um, about to launch some really game-changing products. Uh, early next year, we will bring to market a game called Rift which is a next-generation role-playing game. There are games out there like World of Warcraft that make a lot of money. They make actually over a billion dollars in revenue every year. Okay, so he's talking about role-playing games. Again, role-playing is eventually where you're going to end up in the metaverse, and this is what mind-twinning is all about. So role-playing was... Um, you know, developing customized avatars and such. And that is where we are going with mind twinning in what is the real world. See, I told you everything they did before was test case. So they masked it and promoted it and skinned it as video games. But in reality, they were collecting analytics and data and streamlining and test piloting what was later going to be the foundation for the worldwide metaverse prison matrix and we are bringing to market the next generation of this kind of game and then over the next few um, years we have an entire portfolio of those large games covering different big genres of video games role-playing strategy action and all of those games have different gamer audiences but they're all addressing large parts of the gaming segment they're all server-based live dynamic hard to pirate and um, have all these interesting business models like subscriptions, microtransactions, and advertising. You see that? So he was talking about a portfolio of games that reach each individual sector, each niche inside of the video gaming world. And why is that important? Because it is the same thing that is happening in this psychologically controlled world that we live in now there are a lot of people maybe you included and you just don't realize it but there are a lot of people that are driven into these personalized digital echo chambers on various social media groups 
uh, on and platforms from Facebook to Twitter, etc. You never really know when you're inter- interacting with bots, uh, etc. And they drive you into this personalized, pick your own adventure world. I mean, I have literally met people who follow or believe they follow politics on Twitter who will come running up to me at the grocery store. I'm, I, I, there's a woman I know, she's in her 50s. She will run up to me in the grocery store and she'll say, did you see Ziggurzat 45 just, um, you know, smashed 7723 Crow on Twitter and told him what's up? I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? They literally live inside of this personalized world, and they believe that everyone knows what's going on. It's like the same thing that people that watch Fox News or watch MSNBC or watch CNN, and you'll be at a party, and they just randomly bring up, you know, oh, Tucker Carlson smashed that guy on the news last night, did you, or the, the professor, they, they literally think you were there watching it with him. And so they developed back then, they were developing various games and worlds because they need to have these personalized worlds in which each person can go into. And the more personalized it is to you, the more you are going to connect and interact with that metaverse and the more your brain will be engaged, thus creating the energy and the power that they're going to suck out of you as if you were, um, you know, a power plant, and they're going to store that in the battery to power the AI. That's what all of this personalization and customization is about. Let's continue. What about the role of games where the actual player is hooked up to various types of sensors and can, in a sense, be immersed in it, whether it's uh, Microsoft's Connects or some kind of, uh, you know, interactive. Now, he brought up Microsoft Connects as one of the softwares uh, in which you'd be able to connect yourself up with devices. Now, that's getting into what we call um, augmented reality helmets, virtual reality helmets that we're starting to see now. Things like Oculus that Facebook is uh, putting out on the market. They're not producing it. Come on, that was done by the government. But... That's what they're talking about, sensors that you're going to be able to put on your body, and that's eventually what you're going to do. Now, supposedly with the Neuralink brain chip, they will be able to bypass having to use VR AR because all the sensory will come from, okay, so we covered Neuralink from the standpoint of it being able to suck the data out of your head but when you look at it from the perspective they're talking about of curing paralysis and finding the trigger points inside your brain when they know your brain wants to lift its arm just like the macaque monkey we looked at right or the the pig who's walking around with its snout sniffing the ground it can measure those impulses so eventually you'll be inside the metaverse your eyes will be closed you'll be seeing a virtual reality projection in your head in the form of a dream and they will be able to trigger your brain to believe you're touching a peach or that you're eating a piece of chocolate or that you're laying in a bed of roses, okay? 
that that's how this will actually work so they're talking about the beginning phases of that which was the idea to get video gamers to adopt and be on board with the idea of having sensory mechanisms that would allow them to feel like they were actually completely immersed in this second world now when he brings up Microsoft Connects. Microsoft is important in all this too. Bill Gates and Microsoft had purchased Minecraft that I had mentioned. And Minecraft, I'm telling you, is one of the most dangerous bridge technologies in all of this. It had a lot of kids um, addicted to it, just like Roblox. And so that's why, you know, Microsoft, and we will get into Minecraft and Microsoft's involvement in Minecraft. But that was all part of this. Minecraft was designed for more of a younger audience and to get parents hooked on this idea of letting their kids play it because they said, well, it's like Legos and my kid's going to become an engineer and an architect because he can play with Legos inside of Minecraft, which, no, not at all. I mean, maybe he'll become a Minecraft metaverse engineer one day, uh, building fake homes inside of the fake world. Uh, but it's not going to transfer to him becoming an engineer in real life. Let's continue with this uh, bald-headed psychopath. Suit that you would wear that captures even your brain waves. <laughs> well, you can have all these things over time. The interesting fact is that as long as your game lives on powerful servers, it can evolve, it can change. And if you're part of the experience and you get more and more immersed, it will feel it more and more real and um, will give you a more and more interesting experience. Are- you see, the more you're involved, right? So go to work, come home, get on the video game. There's lots of people like that. I know some in my real life. I'm obviously not friends with them any longer, but there are people like that. They're talking about, you know, reading the brainwaves. Well, that technology right there that he's referring to is what led up to what? Four years after this, in 2012, 2016, Elon Musk starts working on Neuralink. 2022 they release oculus under facebook so see how this all connects now it all comes together that's what they're referring to and then butler does the push because he is the pr salesman at that time for this technology that is his job is he saying well the more you get involved the more you immerse yourself in the world the more it becomes real the more it becomes magical Zimo, you will come inside of the metaverse and play with me i'm Lars butler i love you and i want you to Come inside my immersive second life. Yeah, so he was the guy chosen at the time to go out there and be the head of the new video game immersive worlds. I want you to immerse yourself in a quick bathroom break, and I will be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Oh yes, I can sell you digital weapons and swords inside of our immersive second life. I'm Lars Butler, the bald-headed, the bald-headed weirdo, building a mind twin. Of myself and my friends. Guys, why do all these people look like total creeps and sound like weirdos? I mean, seriously. 
It goes to show you they couldn't have picked any other uh, less creepy people to run these government puppet organizations for them. They had to turn to the, the cast of Nazi psychopaths. I mean, come on. These guys are freaks. Like, if you put him, Henry Kissinger, Klaus Schwab, George Soros, the rest of these pinheads up on stage together and said, okay, folks, these are the guys running your life. These are the people that control the prison planet in which you are going to interact with and be part of for eternity. They want to put brain chips inside your head and connect you up to the cloud. Let's let each of them speak. When they're sitting up there on a dais, maybe they could do a roast of each other, like the Comedy Central roast of Lars Butler. They get up there, my friend Lars, he's a great guy, a wonderful person, uh, you know, he's going to make a mind twin of you. I mean, come on, this is crazy, like, who the hell would, who the hell, I mean, then, just imagine if you put them up there in, like, Nazi uniforms, and you said, these are the ancestors of Operation Paperclip. And then each of them speaks, you would buy into that immediately. You would say, wow, yep, it is. But somehow you put a business suit and a wide tie, which was stylish in 2012, and this guy becomes cool and hip. He's cool and hip. Nobody says, wow, this is weird. This is strange. Who is this man? Where did he come from? What's his background? But we're going to get into all of that. I am going to show you so much stuff on this creep. All right, let's finish up with this video so we can move on to some more in-depth stuff. But I needed you to get a flavor for who he is and where his foundation started as sort of a public figure in this technocracy. Are you seeing that these types of online games are being played by all members of the family, not just typically the teenage boys? Well, it's really once a gamer, always a gamer. So as people get older, they stay with their favorite game types and game categories. Uh, Once a cigarette smoker, always a cigarette smoker. (laughs) Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Once a cheater, always a cheater. That's what he's telling you. He's like, once he gets you hooked on it, you are there for life. You will be ready in 10 years when we want to plug a chip inside your head and force you into the metaverse prison planet where Bill Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, oh, hi, how you doing, folks? Where Bill Gates will throw uh, digital shekels at you and you'll dance around inside the metaverse to earn your tokens so that you can buy uh, NFTs of uh, toenail clippers or whatever the hell they want to sell you. But don't worry, it'll all work out in the end, because once you're trapped in the metaverse, you can always beam your consciousness down into a digital AI projection, mind twin, Iron Man, nanobot, robot suit. Oh, yeah. This sounds like a great world, doesn't it? So much better than going out in your garden and planting tomatoes and then picking them a few months later and being able to eat them in a nice, delicious salad. Yeah, natural life sucks. I'm going to go inside a second life where I can just randomly murder everybody. That sounds like a lot of fun. Unbelievable, this psycho. All right, let's listen to him. So the gamer audience is constantly growing because it's constantly getting, people are constantly getting older. So it's really everybody these days. You know, we have investors that play that are in their 50s or 60s, and they play more than I do. What's your favorite? They play more than I do. We have investors in their 50s and 60s who play more games than I do. He's cackling like a schoolgirl there. This guy is a creep. 
Even Fasters in the 30s and 60s. Ja, mm, ja. Yeah. I'm Lars, Lars Butler. Head of the mind-twinning program for the CIA. <laughs> game. Uh, it used to be a game called Civilization. It's a turn-based strategy game. The game I play... It's a game called Civilization, and we have to have it because in real life we destroyed all civilization. <laughs> Now, which is my great favorite, is one of our games called Rift, the game we are launching next year. Rift. Rift. And how do you do? How about it's called Grift? He says it's called Rift. It's a grift. Yeah, it's a grift. We're going to steal your soul. We're going to steal your soul while you pay to buy digital weapons inside of our game. Um, it is in alpha right now, the feedback we're getting from the player. It is in alpha. It's in alpha. I am anything but. I am a beta. No, 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 no. I should not joke about this. These men are alpha. They will rip our hearts out, these people. No, I should not make fun of that or discount him. Never discount these people. I do like to make fun of them. Uh, I do like to poke fun at them. I like to make this a bit entertaining. Otherwise, it would be very dark. And I don't want to black pill and I don't want to end up in darkness. But never discount these people. They are dangerous, dangerous, dangerous people. Installed at the highest levels of these uh, industries. These are the American oligarchs, in fact, the worldwide oligarchs that are building the Matrix prison planet on behalf of whoever the hell is behind them, but we know at least the government. So never discount them. We can make fun of them. Uh, I encourage that, but never discount them. They are super, super dangerous. And the journalist is fantastic. And are you, you good at the game? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm not one of the best, but, you know, we have... Um, fantastic gamers in the company and uh, we have lots of guilds already that play in the alpha and there are lots of people that beat me of course Lars Butler appreciate you coming in chief executive of Tryon World thank you very okay so that was the video 2012 Bloomberg of Lars Butler and now what I'm gonna get into here is I want you while he's fresh in your mind While he's fresh in your mind, I want you to see, we're going to start going through his biography uh, piece by piece, and then I am going to show you who he is connected to, who he is partnered with, the money that is behind him as we, over the next couple of episodes, work through this tangled web That is Lars Butler and Peter Thiel and the CIA, and then show you how far he's gotten with this mind-twinning software, because then that is going to bring Peter Thiel into the conversation, and we're going to end up creating a web that's going to have, God... 50 or 100 companies, something that we'll never be able to go through because it would take me 500 episodes uh, to, to go through this. And there's many other places, many other directions I need to go in inside of this show, The Dust and Gold Standard. So while he's fresh in your mind, you've watched him or you've listened to him. If you have not seen him, Uh, I suggest highly that you go to pain.tv slash gold and join pain.tv for $8.50 a month or whatever it is 
so that you can watch the video version of this podcast where I show all the articles and uh, play all these videos for you or get on YouTube when you're done listening and look up Lars Butler. It's really good to put a face with these guys' voices. So what I want to do here is we are going to start with, this is uh, oneyoungworld.com and there is a bio on here for Lars Butler, and the reason why I'm going to start with this bio is it has a little more information in it than some of the other bios that he has out uh, on the internet, but we will go through each of those as well. And then we're going to start to go through each of his connections. Some of these I am going to pass over because they're not as important to the story as... um, the way I'm trying to lay out the narrative for you now. But let's say uh, at this time, it's Lars Butler, co-founder and CEO of AI Foundation. So this was written before, uh, I'm sorry, after he was the CEO of Tryon Worlds. And Tryon Worlds was the video game stuff we just listened to. But it was very important to understand where he came from, which was out of this gaming, second life, immersive video game world. So it says here, Lars is a co-founder and CEO of the AI Foundation, an organization moving the world forward responsibly by giving each of us our own artificial intelligence that shares our personal views and goals while anticipating and counteracting the risks of artificial intelligence proliferation in society. So what they're saying here, and this is true, I mean, it's true in that he's doing it. It's not true as to his reason for doing it. It says that he wants to give each of us our own personal artificial intelligence. And that was the same pitch that they threw at me when they tried to recruit my entertainment company back in 2018 to work for them. We did not go over those emails, but I did find them. And that was part of the pitch is that they wanted to allow everyone in the world to have their own artificial intelligence. And they basically pitched it as your own digital assistant. So you could lay at home in bed, twiddling your thumbs, playing cat's cradle with your feet while munching on a Snickers bar while your digital assistant would do all the heavy lifting and basically take care of your job inside the digital world. And remember, that was before COVID happened. That was before the concept of remote working. They were already setting the stage for your digital avatar that would do the heavy lifting in your life. And then COVID actually allowed them to push a lot of these technologies that were out there, but like Zoom, the video conferencing platform, this idea of remote learning, all of this uh, forward. COVID was sort of the great reset that allowed them to push us into the fourth industrial revolution of which we are living under now. It says, with the help of many of the world's most distinguished scientists and backed by leaders from Silicon Valley, Hollywood, and Madison Avenue, such as Founders Fund, that's Peter Thiel, 
Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel, WME Endeavor, that's William Morris Endeavor, we're about to get into that, and many others, the AI Foundation develops protective tools to safeguard the world and advance products that benefit humanity. That's the pitch that they are giving you on Lars Butler's AI Foundation. But when we come back from this break, we're going to start to break it down and show you what Lars Butler is really up to. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv all right folks this is dustin gold on the dustin gold standard and we are here battling lars butler and his fleet of ai mind twins digital humans and soulmates All right, folks, right here we are on OneYoungWorld.com. I'm going to jump right into this because I don't want to waste any time. Uh, Let me just bring this up to you. Uh, You know who Founders Fund is. That is Peter Thiel. And Peter Thiel is... The uh, one of the original founders of Palantir. Palantir, we went over a couple times on the show. That is in QTEL. That is the CIA. We're going to go deeper into that in a moment. But let me just tell you about uh, World uh, William Morris Endeavor. William Morris Endeavor, head of that, Ari Emanuel. Ari Emanuel's brother, Rahm Emanuel, was the mayor of Chicago and the former chief of staff of Barack Obama. And his brother was Ezekiel Emanuel, given credit for basically writing the Obamacare plan, also advised Donald Trump when they were doing their health care negotiations that in the end, uh, the overturning of Obamacare was shut down by John McCain. If you remember the thumbs down, he went out there, thumbs down, thumbs down. Anyway, that is the uh, Emanuel family. So William Morris Endeavor also represents all of the WWE wrestlers, surprisingly, including Vince McMahon, a good friend of Donald Trump. And Ari Emanuel was also Donald Trump's personal agent. He also happened to be the personal agent of many people, including Colin Kaepernick, at the time that Donald Trump and Colin Kaepernick and others were having public feuds One day I will do a show on that, maybe like a fun Sunday night show, and I will show you all the connections of one of Hollywood's, or if Hollywood's most influential talent manager and agent, Ari Emanuel, who the character Ari Gold in the show Entourage was based on, you will see that if you believe all of this is a WWE clown world, this political world, I'm post-political, but if you believe it's real, you should really look at Ari Emanuel and all of the people that he managed and all the properties he controlled and all of the anti 
Donald Trump books and movies that he has control over at the same time being one of Donald Trump's personal advisors and his talent agent who negotiated all of his deals with The Apprentice and all of his brand deals. So he was the agent for Donald Trump while at the same time the agent for all of these foes that Donald Trump had. The entire thing is completely scripted and fake and essentially one giant metaverse that you were living in. So I'm going to move past this uh, because I need to show you some more connections Uh, But we'll just wrap up this uh, one young world piece by saying uh, Dr. Butler, because we just covered this, this is the Tryon World's piece, but just see how they describe it now that you understand it. Dr. Butler is the creator of Tryon Worlds and with massively social dynamic AI powered games like Rift and Trove, the most advanced artificial worlds on earth. Okay, so they are plugging his former experience in Tryon Worlds with the idea that they were these AI-powered games and they were the most advanced artificial worlds, or as they call them, Second Life Games. Okay, let's move on to this article here at Variety. It says, Endeavor invests in AI Foundation startup that has created ai filters to spot deep fake photos okay this is from september 2018 endeavor is among the investors in ai foundation's 10 million dollar initial round of funding now remember in the personal email communications that i shared with you yesterday in episode 14 i believe I showed you where Rob Mallory, a big wig over at AI Foundation, had told us they had gotten a first round of funding and that they couldn't really spend any additional money outside of their their budget they were working with for the project they wanted us involved with until they got their second round of funding. So this is going to tell you about their first round of funding. Endeavor is among, Endeavor is William Morris Endeavor. Endeavor is among the investors in AI Foundation's $10 million initial round of funding, fueling the artificial intelligence startup's development of artificial intelligence tools, including a system that scans for and detects fake media. Now, that was all coming out of their nonprofit that I had mentioned to you yesterday. That is always that is just running cover for what they do. So if we were to dissect this even further, I could show you where the universities like Max Planck Institute out of Germany and University of Washington out of Seattle were developing these technologies. At the same time, they were saying they were developing these technologies to then develop the tools to detect when these technologies were being used to fool people. That was at the beginning and the height of the deepfake videos, which I've explained to you in detail before, and of which I will do a separate, um, a separate segment on at some point. But again, it's the same double talk, the double speak as Elon Musk, the fork-tongued devil, who tells you that AI is dangerous, yet at the same time he's building AI, and then says there's going to be a, need to be a governing body to oversee AI because it's so dangerous, and that these guys need to be cemented in as the governors of the governing body that will oversee this horrible technology 
that they are developing. Okay, same thing as AI Foundation. So they were building the technologies, rounding up all the players, putting them together under this foundation, who were building the deepfake video, photo, audio technologies, and then creating a nonprofit to talk about how dangerous these technologies are. And don't worry, they're going to develop software and technologies to track the technologies that are dangerous that they are building. It sounds crazy. It's one giant gaslighting psyop after another. So again, they get this $10 million initial investment round. It's the first outside funding for San Francisco-based Artificial Intelligence Foundation founded in 2017. The round was led by Peter Thiel's Founders Fund, venture capital firm, and marketing tech company, You and Mr. Jones, with participation by Endeavor and Twitter co-founder Biz Stone. Other investors in AI Foundation include movie producer Charles D. King, founder and CEO of production company Macro. Now, you may ask yourself why AI Foundation would be partnering with, let's say, William Morris Endeavor. Well, that's easy. William Morris Endeavor represents the majority of A-list Hollywood actors. And so AI Foundation's ultimate goal was to partner with these celebrities, these A-list actors, athletes, um, musicians, in order to normalize the technology, the mind-twinning, the deep-faking, and how do they do that? And remember, they mentioned that into the emails to me, that they were working on a way to make the technology seem not so creepy. And so you do that by utilizing influencers and celebrities who everyone in the world connects with some influencer or some celebrity, whether that be Lady Gaga or whether that be Tucker Carlson. And so if you can get them on board with your project to allow the AI Foundation to make mind twins of you, as we will see later with Sir Richard Branson and Deepak Chopra and others, that it softens the blow because you say to yourself, well, if Barack Obama allows a deep fake to be made of him or a mind twin to be made of him, then I guess it's okay for me to get on the platform and build one of myself. So the William Morris Agency connection, Endeavor connection, is easy to see and understand. You need the celebrities on board in order to develop a very effective adoption campaign for this type of creepy technology. So you say, why would Peter Thiel's Founders Fund run the investment raise for AI Foundation? Peter Thiel is heavily involved with government contracts. Peter Thiel, as we pointed out in past episodes, and I apologize to the video audience because I did not have the article up on the screen, but I just put it up on the screen for you. So 
you can take a look at that. This is the article in Variety talking about the investment round. So you'd say, well, Peter Thiel, we already talked about Peter Thiel over the last couple of shows briefly, is one of his big ventures is Palantir. Palantir was started with InQtel Money. Palantir runs artificial intelligence softwares for the United States DOD, Department of Defense, and Intelligence Communities, and is now running IRS software as of 2018 to help pry into all of our personal lives and businesses and track down potential tax cheats. And as I pointed out, I will investigate this, but I have a strong belief that the possibility of these 87,000 agents and employees that will be hired over the next 10 years in this new budget probably because they're going to be going after 10, 15, 20, 50 times as many people as they normally do because they've utilized Peter Thiel's Palantir software, which was supposedly initially developed to help track down terrorists through financial transactions, was actually being utilized to track down us, citizens of America, which are deemed to be terrorists, through our financial transactions so let's just look over at wikipedia for a second because i'm going to go off topic a little here into inqtel because there are people who have written me on pain.tv and on twitter and in other places and they want me to provide a little more information on inqtel again just go to inqtel's website but here i will provide you with a little bit more information This is just a piece that I wanted to pull out uh, of Wikipedia. And you can look at it up on Wikipedia, too. This is true. I mean, you can say Wikipedia is fake news. This stuff isn't fake. The government admits they're doing it because they're not afraid of us. But in August 2006, InQtel had reviewed more than 5,800 business plans and invested approximately $150 million in more than 90 companies. In 2016, it was funded with at least $120 million per year, primarily from the CIA, as well as the NSA, FBI, and United States Defense Department. So this is going back to 2006, talking about how they had invested $150 million in more than 90 companies at that time. $150 million into 90 companies. So the CIA got its hand into 90 companies. And then in 2016, they were funded with at least $120 million per year, primarily, meaning there's other investments from the CIA, as well as the NSA, FBI, and U.S. Defense Department. And so when you look at Peter Thiel and Founders Fund and Palantir and his connection to InQtel and the CIA and this money coming out of the NSA, FBI, and U.S. Defense Department, it makes perfect sense. And you'll see why someone like Lars Butler would gladly accept money from someone like Peter Thiel. You will understand that as we unfold Lars Butler and show you his connections inside the intelligence community in the United States. And it will all make sense as to why he was put in charge of this large video game sector will be in charge of metaverse projects and why he's building out the Frankenstein technology to create mind twins from you and your consciousness. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard and you're listening to pain.tv. 
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, Payne.tv crew. The Dustin Gold Standard gold pillars out there. I hope you like being gold-pilled. I want you to see the world through gold-colored glasses. As you understand the technocracy that is creeping in and the players behind it, the money behind it, the technology behind it, and these psychopathic madmen that want to run and rule our lives. Folks, I'm going to continue here where we left off in this Wikipedia piece. Before I move on, I'm going to show you a little bit more about InQtel. So you have a really good understanding of it before we get further into Lars Butler, because InQtel and Peter Thiel are going to play a major part in the content we're going to cover next week. But as this continues here, remember, we said in 2016, InQtel was funded with at least $120 million per year, primarily from the CIA, as well as the NSA, FBI, and United States Defense Department. As of 2016, InQtel listed 325 investments, but more than 100 were kept secret, according to the Washington Post. The absence of disclosure can be due to national security concerns or simply because a startup company doesn't want its financial ties to intelligence publicized. Oh, they'll gladly take the money, but they don't want it publicized. So the question I have to you, before we take a look at InQtel's website briefly, is that are you comfortable knowing that the CIA, who's not supposed to be operating on U.S. soil, that the CIA, as of 2016, was invested in, meaning had partial control over, 325 companies in the United States, primarily in the tech sector. Are you comfortable that 100 of them are kept secret? Are you comfortable that your tax dollars, your hard-earned money, that is taken by the government at force, at the threat of gunpoint and or prison, that our CIA is invested and has control partial control of 325 companies since 2000 or as of 2016 and if you don't believe me you can take a look at inqtel itself if you don't believe wikipedia right now for the audio audience i have inqtel's website pulled up so that you can see it here at pain.tv slash gold but it is iqt.org. And on here, if you go to iqt.org slash portfolio, you can see a very well-organized portfolio of all of the companies that InQtel currently considers to be part of their portfolio. Obviously, not including the companies that 
they want to keep secret or that the owners don't want publicized that they have any connection to intelligence. And you would ask yourself, I don't know how many of you followed politics back in the days of Edward Snowden, love him, hate him, believe he's a spook, a spy, a double agent, a psyop, or a journalist, or a libertarian savior of the planet. It doesn't really matter. Edward Snowden had revealed back in the day that a group of intelligence agents through the NSA had infiltrated uh, nine major tech companies, all of which who had willingly opened their back doors to the NSA and allowed them to collect all of the data that passed through the systems. And you say, well, how does that happen? I don't know. Maybe if you take an investment from the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, or the Defense Department through InQtel, their little bag man who shows up with a bag of cash, then maybe part of the deal is you need to open up your mainframes to them and share your data with them maybe maybe i'm not sure but on iqt.org slash portfolio you can actually sort through these companies it's very well done they have every logo it's really nice you can click on each company read about them and so the cia does not hide this it is all public information You can sort by AI-enabled applications, AI-enabling platforms, uh, augmented reality and virtual reality and human-machine interfaces, autonomy and robotics, biotechnology, communications, compute and microelectronics, digital intelligence, materials and manufacturing, power and energy, sensors, space, trusted infrastructure so if our government is pumping money that they stole from us at the threat of prison or death and handing it out to select puppets to run these companies so that they can either normalize and humanize the technologies they've been building behind the scenes through their own programs like darpa and nasa Or they're actually using their influence, strong-arming these companies, threatening them, giving them the option of the carrot or the stick to take the money so that they can get control of, say, technologies that may have really grown out of universities or out of the private sector, but now they want control of. And then they're allowing people like Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, Lars Butler, Ray Kurzweil, and the rest of these psychos to run these companies, to run companies with the within the AI-enabled applications or AI-enabling platforms or AR, VR, human-machine interface sectors, are those men not chosen as the oligarchs of the government on behalf of the intelligence community? You see, many of the companies that InQtel is invested in are actually public companies. So InQtel owns stock in a number of public companies that trade and that are probably in your 401k 
and you don't even know about. So, as I've mentioned before, this is why I believe we've reached the point of diminishing returns because your ability to build wealth now rests on investing if you're doing traditional investing, traditional investing, conservative investing, you're diversified. You're actually invested if you're in a money market in the 401ks, if you've got you know, stuff that you're doing in your uh, IRA. You're invested in the AI-enabled application sector, the AI-enabling platform sector, the AR, VR, human-machine interface sector, the autonomy and robotics sector, the biotechnology sector. You're in all of these. So you are vested in the success of the CIA and the technocracy. And I don't think anyone is going to get up and say, hey, I'm willing to lose it all so that we can go back to a natural life. Let's just look a little further into the CIA and NQTEL. And again, to remind you, I'm doing this because some of you asked me to do a little bit more on NQTEL because they're going to keep coming up in the future. And right now it's very important because Peter Thiel who owns Palantir, who was started by the CIA and works for the government, also owns Founders Fund, and he led the investment round, the initial investment round, for Lars Butler and AI Foundation. And so Lars Butler is directly connected, partnered with Peter Thiel, who is a puppet for the government. And you will see now Lars Butler is also connected in and partnered with members of the NSA, high-level nuclear nuclear transactions that he was working on during the Trump administration with cabinet members of the Trump administration. This is all connected. The whole point of that is just to show you there is no good guy in any of this, folks. It is them versus us. As Mike says, it's the haves versus the have-nots. These guys are scammers, schemers, criminals, thieves, hackers, pirates, and gutter snipes. And now, this is who rules over us. But let me show you this, because we'll just go a little deeper into this. This is a businessinsider.com article from September 2016. 14 cutting-edge firms funded by the CIA. The Central Intelligence Agency has its own investment capital arm, and it's been pumping money into some of Silicon Valley's most innovative companies for years. We've already gone over that. Okay, it's a VC firm in QTEL that doesn't really need to make money back for outside investors, and it can tap into the deep pockets of the intelligence black budget. You see, the money that we heard about when we just read about the hundreds of millions that they're moving around, we don't even know where they're getting other money from that comes out of our black budgets, which we have every year. That could be billions, hundreds of billions, trillions. No one really knows. No one really knows. Its involvement in a startup is also a stamp of approval of sorts often bringing in more money from other venture capital firms. 
to the tune of 11 to $15 for every dollar the CIA kicks in. Why? Because if the CIA and the government are involved, you could rest assured that that company is most likely going to succeed. No? No, and we're supposed to believe the stock market is real when InQtel, the CIA, the government has money thrown inside a number of these publicly traded companies. InQtel typically does not disclose the amounts it invests, though a Washington Post story from 2005 says the funding is often relatively small, $500,000 to $2 million investments. But this article I want to show you because it shows some of the cutting-edge companies the CIA has found to be useful. And this is going back six years ago. It's been difficult to find information on more recent companies, but rest assured that they are putting money into programs like Neuralink and others. We already showed you a number of venture capitalists and investors behind Neuralink connected to and partnered with InQtel on other projects. So this is called, uh, what is it, Silance is using artificial intelligence to analyze and kill malware well before it becomes a problem. Uh, Orbital Insight analyzes the millions of satellite images being beamed back to Earth to answer all kinds of interesting questions. This is what the, the, the government intelligence is investing in these projects with your money, my money. Scythe built a tethered drone that can monitor an area for days at a time. Blue Line Grid made a communication platform similar to Slack with security and compliance in mind. Atlas Wearables created a fitness tracker that actually knows the specific exercise you're performing. Why would the CIA Why would the CIA invent Invest in basically a Fitbit. Hmm? When Elon Musk talked about it's basically like a Fitbit, the Neuralink going inside of your head. Why, why would the CIA want to invest in basically a Fitbit? Why, why is the government investing in this type of technology? Huh? I mean, seriously, think about it, folks. If you have the answers, let me know. I'm interested. Fuel 3D can capture highly detailed three-dimensional imagery of rooms, objects, or people. Oh, really? Really? It sounds similar to the technology that Maria Albanese and I talked about that Instacart is using to 3D scan all of the stores across the world to then build their digital metaverse version of the stores in which you will put on a 3D headset and go shopping from the comfort of your bed in the grocery store, and then they'll show up delivered to your front door by a drone or an autonomous vehicle. Oh, yeah. MindMeld is building voice recognition technology like Siri for everything. For everything. And we read yesterday that InQtel was behind the original company that developed the technology for flat screens utilized inside of Apple phones and tablets, although we were meant to believe 
that Steve Jobs was a genius and he had developed all of the technology himself that went behind Apple. You see this? This is what your government is doing and they will tell you that it is for the good of humanity, although they tried to pretend this was all for national security, but now they'll tell you that it's for the good of humanity. So the CIA is funding hundreds upon hundreds of companies, startups, coming in with money in late-stage investments to hijack companies so that the CIA can control Silicon Valley, meaning this idea that there are billionaires who started ideas in their garage. It's bogus. The government comes in and anoints you an oligarch and then controls you and you work for them forever. Snap DNA has a handheld device that can analyze DNA in minutes. Oh, the CIA needs to analyze DNA in minutes? Yeah, that's important to our national security that the CIA be involved with building all of these prison planet Star Wars technologies. Come on, folks, folks. Sonitus or Sonitis offers a wireless two-way communications capability hidden inside the mouth. Hidden inside the mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you're going to need that when you're talking to your digital mind twin self inside of the metaverse. And then Palantir, here we go, Palantir, Peter Thiel, sifts through massive data sets to allow a user to track patterns or gain valuable insight from one software package instead of looking into a bunch of different databases. And remember, we showed you, and I keep bringing it up, that Palantir is now partnered with the IRS to track you down through your finances. BBN Technologies allows troops overseas to quickly translate foreign languages. Yeah, this is this is all the stuff the CIA is involved with. Keyhole was a tiny 3D mapping startup with technology so useful it is still on most smartphones in the world today. And I told you Keyhole started by InQtel, purchased by Google, becomes Google Earth, and it helps run Google Maps. So as the CIA is inside your phone, your tablet, whether you're on Apple or Android, you think you're free, you're so afraid of the government spying on you, yet we run around with GPS mapping that is created by and was owned by the CIA. So the reason why we just had to do that, folks, we had to go off into this world of the CIA is because, and you know what? I'm going to go a little long on the show because I'm going to finish this segment here. I want to finish it for you. This is The Intercept article. April 2016, the CIA is investing in firms that mine your tweets and Instagram photos among 38 previously undisclosed companies receiving CIA venture capital funding. Several are developing tools to mine social media. You see, they're constantly spying on us. They are constantly 
looking at us. But it's not really about spying on you individually. It's about collecting the data. And as Yuval Noah Harari has said, and we keep bringing it up, data is the new gold. Data is more valuable than property. Those who control the data will control the future. And that is where Lars Butler comes in because he is already getting people to upload their consciousness onto his MindQuest software and helping you build a mind twin. He's a wonderful person, Lars Butler, is he not? Does he not love you? He loves you. And so on the next episode, we are going to really crack into Lars Butler. We are going to investigate his connections to international cybersecurity, to IP3, the nuclear program in which, out of the Trump administration under secret, we were going to sell nuclear reactors to Saudi Arabia and dump the waste into Russia, his connections to the NSA, his connections to wanting to build and be the leader in autonomous AI super weapons. And then that will lead us into his mind twin program. But see, the mind twin stuff, you go, well, why is this guy doing this? But you need to see all of his connections to the CIA and to intelligence and to the NSA and to all of these crazy global geopolitical cyber AI nonsense to understand then why he wants to help people like Ray Kurzweil and Elon Musk download your consciousness onto the Neuralink chip, upload it into the cloud, into the silicone-based neocortex, and then create your mind twin, your digital human, as they call it, inside of the metaverse of which he is now going to be a leader in, expanding from his Tryon Worlds video game stuff, And now he's going to be part of this metaverse. He will be one of the architects of the matrix. And why he's doing this and using celebrities to promote this and propagandize it. Where is the end money going to come from if he's giving it away for free? Where are these people going to turn a profit? They are going to get your data. You are uploading your life to them into the cloud. But what are they going to do with it later? And why would you need a mind twin of yourself? Seriously. It's going to be your mind slave. A slave inside of the matrix. Your physical, biological body will be a slave right here in the natural world. Strapped to a seat with a Neuralink chip in your head and an AR headset over your eyes. As you mine cryptocurrency for these psychopaths. And they give you free tokens as they use your energy to power their matrix. And Lars Butler and his try-on world video games, his second lives, as he says, the moment you play, you will never stop. And you will be a gamer for life. You will forever jump into the metaverse. And you will forever mine tokens for Lars Butler inside of the metaverse. 
You will forever, forever live inside there as a slave in your mind twin self with an avatar as you worked to complete your tasks, to fight the villains inside the metaverse as they give you tokens to buy your metaverse food. You will work for me, Lars Butler, in my Tryon World's metaverse. Through your mind twin, through your mind twin that I will develop for you because I love you, because I love you. And as you dance around like a wild little monkey, we'll let you suck some banana shakes through a straw. And when you're really good, we'll give you a banana inside the metaverse. And we will suck the energy out of your head and use it to power our AI world because we are special and you are just a mind twin soulmate. Ladies and gentlemen, resist this as much as you can. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. And you're listening. You're listening to Pain.TV. I'm Lars Butler. Goodbye. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.TV. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.